Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com. Pick the giving option that works best for you and help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. So glad that you're here with us today. I hope you know how blessed you are. I hope you know how much God is blessing our church. In fact, turn to the person next to you and tell them, say, you are blessed. Blessed. You might not even know it, but you're blessed. Uh, Just this last week, I heard another story of another couple that's driving in from another town. I think that's something that uh, too few of us are aware of. Do you realize that every week when you come to church, there are people that aren't just coming in from other sides of the Grand Valley, but driving in from Delta and Hotchkiss and Paonia? Uh, The word uh, is getting out of how much God is doing in people's lives is spreading to other cities where they're coming in, driving over an hour just to be with us. And for many of you, this this is right in your backyard. So I hope that we never take for granted what God is doing in our church. Let's give him a praise for that. Because so cool to be a part of a church that's alive. Alive. Guys, we are blessed. And last week we started a series called Rooted. And the whole idea of this series is that we would be rooted deeply into the things of God. Last week we talked about being rooted in the Word. And we looked at the fact that Psalm chapter 1, the, the psalmist is making a comparison that our life is going on a path. And, and there's a comparison of a life that is blessed because it's rooted in the word. And he says it's like a tree planted by streams of water. And, and we picture a beautiful, strong tree that's productive and, and stands firm. All why? Because rooted in the word of God. And then there's a contrast of that that we talked about last week, that a life that's not rooted in the Word of God doesn't look like that at all. In fact, it's the polar opposite. Not a life that stands firm, not a life that's productive, but a life that's eventually headed towards being like chaff that the wind blows away. Well, today, guys, we're continuing in this series, Rooted, because it's our hope and our prayer that we would be a church deeply rooted into the things of God so that we could draw from God what he wants for us, and we could withstand whatever we go through, all because of his love for us. So today, we're continuing in this series, Rooted, Rooted in Christ. And in fact, we see in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 3, it says this, you can't find firm footing in a swamp, but a life rooted in God stands firm. Can't find firm footing in a swamp, but a life rooted in God stands firm. Would you pray with me before we dive in uh, to this teaching today? Heavenly Father, we come before you right now in Jesus' name, and we thank you for your love for us. And we pray that, God, we would grow in our walk with you. We'd grow in our faith, that we would dig our deep roots deep into the, the things that you would have us dig into. And today, we pray that we would become more rooted into our relationship with Christ, that we would understand your love for us even more. So God, help me get out of the way. I pray that you speak to us today, now in this time, that your Holy Spirit would come into this room and help us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, guys, I'm sure that many of you carry something with you that I carry with me. In fact, everywhere I go, I, I have it in my pocket. And it's a little reminder. In fact, I have it with me today. And some of you, when I show you this, you're immediately going to know what it is because you have one. Maybe you carry it in your pocket. Maybe you carry it in your purse. But um, 
I have this little card hooked to my keychain, and as soon as I pull it out, some of you are nodding me like, I know what that is. I used to have one. Like, maybe you have one and you lost it. If you don't know what this is, this is a gym membership card, okay? Apparently, you could just go down and sign papers, give them money. They will give you one of these things. But this card is the proof I carry that I am part of a gym, now, I know there, there's those of you in this room, you have different proof that you're part of a gym. This is the proof that I have, okay? But what happened is Omni and I, like six years ago, we decided we were going to go down and we were going to sign up for a gym because we want to be a part of a gym. We want all the benefits that come with that. So we signed the paperwork. We made the commitment. We, we gave them the money, and they gave us these cards, and we are now members of this gym. We're members of an athletic club. So with that comes so many cool things. I mean, you can't take away the fact that I'm a member. I'm part of it. It doesn't matter if you disagree with me or not. I am a member there. I am a part of this athletic club. And and that that means there's certain things I can do. In fact, there are benefits that come with it. There are some benefits I've experienced and some I haven't. But some of the benefits, like, do you realize I can go there anytime I want? You know, in fact, they have a really nice lobby. I could go in there and sit and read a book if I felt like it, right? In fact, if I really wanted to, like, stretch myself and venture, I could go even farther because there's a hot tub in there, and I could find a real good place to relax. I've even seen, apparently, they have an upstairs, and it must be hot up there because the people that are coming down from upstairs, they're always covered in sweat. I don't know what's going on up there, but, but there's, there's places that I can go, places I can access and see since I've started this commitment and I've, I've signed the paperwork, what me, that means is that I'm a member of this club and you can't do anything to take that away from me. But there's also benefits that I haven't received because though I'm a member, maybe I'm not, I'm not really getting in deep. I'm not really digging in the way I should. And you might say, well, that's probably because you haven't worked out in six years. I'm saying, stop judging me, okay? This is a judge-free zone. Like, we all have our own issues, right? But... I think we could all recognize the fact that on a, on a very simple level, we've, we've committed to things where we could say, yeah, I've got my foot in the door, I'm a member there, but am I really getting the benefits uh, of all that would come out of this? And we see that Paul um, is talking to the church, he's talking to believers just like you and I, and in the book of Colossians chapter 2, he, he starts sharing with them a very similar principle that we would all recognize in the natural. He starts trying to explain to us in the spiritual that, that you could get your foot in the door, but it's so important that we, we don't just get our foot in the door, but we, we continue on in our walk with God. He says this in Colossians chapter 2 verse 6, so then... Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. What's he saying here? He's saying, see, for those of us that have a relationship with God, he's saying, you received Christ Jesus as Lord. What that means is there was a point in your life where you came to recognize that, that we've missed the mark. We've sinned. We've fallen short of of being able to be in the presence of God. So we recognize that Jesus made a way for us. 
Jesus died on the cross for our sins and, and he paid the price for us so we can, we can make an exchange with him and ask him to forgive us of our sins and he could become the Lord of our life so that then he could give us our righteousness, take our sin and then we could have right standing with God. That, that's how we began the relationship with Jesus. That's, that's receiving Jesus as Lord. He's saying, so you did that and that's wonderful. That's getting your foot in the door. No one can ever take away the fact that you are a child of God. No one can ever take away the fact that you have a relationship with Jesus. So now to a group of believers that have this relationship, he's saying, guys, don't just start the gym membership. you got to go work out. Because there's so many benefits that, that God has for you. He, he wants you to live a blessed life. Jesus says it in John 10, uh, uh, 10, he says, I came to give you life and life to the fullest. I came to give you eternal life that you'd have an eternal relationship with me. But then here on this earth, I came to give you the best life. Walking in a relationship with him, there's so many benefits. that We would have the best life, a full life, an abundant life, a happy life, a peaceful life. Things that you and I want. So he's saying, don't just get your foot in the door. Like, continue to live in him. I love this same verse um, taken in the message paraphrase. It says it this way. You received Christ Jesus, the master. Now, now, uh, now live in him. You're deeply rooted in him. You're well constructed upon him. You know your way around the faith. Now do what you've been taught. School's out. Quit studying the subject and start living it. And let your, the living spill over into thanksgiving. He's saying, so start living this life. Don't, don't just talk about it. Don't just keep getting more information about it. But start living the type of life that God would have you to live. Being rooted in a relationship with Jesus Christ means there's all sorts of benefits that are going to come out of that. So what I want to do in the couple moments that we have together this morning is talk about three very practical benefits that I hope that you and I carry with us uh, that we would understand in this Rooted series the type of life God wants us to understand is available to us in a relationship with him. Now, this isn't all the benefits of a life in Christ because um, we wouldn't have enough time to talk about all the benefits. There's so many great things. This is just three very practical things I want to talk about today. To get into the first one, I first want to read from John 15. This is Jesus talking, and he says this. He says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Our first point comes out of this verse that a life rooted in Christ, number one, bears fruit. A life rooted in Christ bears fruit. So to bear fruit, I think we first have to just stop for a brief moment and say, well, what's fruit? What is this fruit that it's talking about? Well, the Bible talks about spiritual fruit. And it says this in Galatians. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I don't know about you guys, but I can tell you, I certainly wish I had more of that more often in my life. Any of you, you wish you had more joy, more, more patience, more kindness, more goodness? These are things that I want. And the Bible is saying that a life rooted in Christ is going to be a life that, that bears this type of of fruit. I, I wish I was better at these things. It's interesting because if a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. 
I think it could be easy to get hung up on this verse a little bit because it's saying, Jesus is saying, with me, you can bear fruit. You can, you can do a lot of things. There's a lot of good that's going to come out of it. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, like think, well, I can do some things, right? And I think we're missing the point there because Jesus is painting this beautiful picture for us to understand. He said, no, with, with me, you can do so many things. In fact, the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But then again to this verse, he's saying, but apart from me, you can do nothing. What do you mean? Well, if we go back to this picture that Jesus has shown us, he's saying, I'm the vine and you're the branches. So if we picture a vineyard and we say, okay, Jesus is the vine and we're the branches that come off of that and there's, there, there'd be grapes or some sort of fruit coming off of us uh, as the branches, he's saying, if you're connected to me, then there's, you're going to bear fruit. There's going to be so much good that comes out of your life. But if you disconnect from me, you can't do anything on your own. Well, wait a minute. What happens if you cut a branch off of the vine? We would all understand that, right? You cut a branch off the vine and it can't produce fruit. In fact, it would just lay there and it would die. It would dry out and it would become less and less productive until it wasn't even there anymore. So he's saying you got to understand that as a follower of Christ, as those of us that we were created to have relationship with him, we have got to recognize that our life is only productive and only moves forward if we stay connected to Jesus. If we stay rooted in our relationship with him, he says, and he says it this way, he says, your, your life will bear fruit, bear fruit. Now, this word bear is different than manufacture or produce. It's not talking about making fruit, it's talking about bearing fruit. And bear actually means to carry or to sustain. If you bear the burden, you're, you're carrying the burden. So... If you're healthy and you're, you're bearing the fruit, that means you can hold the fruit. No matter what's going on, you can hold it. And now see, a lot of us, we struggle with this because on our own, we try to produce our own fruit. I don't know about you, but I can tell you for me personally, there are times when I, I just decide I'm going to fake it for a little while and I need more joy in my life, so I'm going to act happy today. Or I need to be more patient, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act patient today and, and we fake it and I wonder how many of you you ever guilt into your day where you just you already got your mindset that like I know that person's going to drive me nuts they're going to say something stupid in the staff meeting today but what I'm going to do is I'm just going to fake it and I'm going to put a smile on my face I'm like I'm joyful I'm happy today right and they open their their mouth and that vein starts bulging out on your head I'm like yeah I'm happy <laughs> I'm happy why you're faking it and for a short period of time, every one of us, we can fake it, right? We can try to produce that fruit on our own, and we can hold it there for a little while, but, but different than what Jesus is talking about. That, that's just faking it. When you fake it, the fruit can get shaken off. In fact, I remember we had an apple tree in our backyard at our last house, and my girls used to go out, and, and they would play in that tree, and they'd climb on it, and they'd shake the tree, and when they shook it, all the apples would fall out of the tree, and don't you know that there are times in your life that you are going to deal with things, you're going to deal with circumstances, you're going to deal with people that will shake your tree, where, where it's like you were trying to be fruitful, you were trying to be kind, you were trying to be peaceful, but they shook your tree, and, and now the fruit is falling off, and you're like, I'm trying to be patient, but that apple fell off, and it's all your fault, Right? Do you, does anyone here know someone that shakes your tree, right? Are you sitting next to that person right now? 
<laughs> there was a mom just nodding her head at me. Yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> In fact, grab the person next to him and tell him, stop shaking me. Stop shaking me. I, I'm, I'm trying to produce fruit. I'm trying right now, but you're shaking me. You're, you're messing it up. See, that, that's the difference between what you and I try to do on our own and what Jesus is talking about here because he, he doesn't say that if you try hard to produce fruit, then you'll be able to sustain it. No, he says if you stay rooted in me, if you stay connected to me, Jesus is saying, then he says you're going to bear fruit. You're going to be able to carry and sustain the weight of that fruit. And, and that means, why, why would you have to carry the weight? Why would you have to sustain it? Because something's going to try to cause the fruit to fall off. Something's going to try to shake you. And you and I, as much as we like to go through life where we don't deal with difficult people and we don't deal with difficult circumstances, we're going to deal with difficult people. And then when our life gets shaken a little bit, if it's, if it's coming from God instead of something we're just trying to produce on our own, now this is coming from the inside. And as much as you shake me, because I'm connected to God, I can continue to carry these things. I can continue to carry the love and the joy the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the gentleness, the faithfulness, and the self-control. These are things we want. And see, I think it's important that we recognize what Jesus is saying here because um, anytime we try to do it on our own and we fail over and over and over again, we just get more and more frustrated. Sort of thing, I'm trying to live my life better. I want to be happy. I don't want to be stressed out at night. I don't want these things. And we try on our own, and then we fail again. And it's like, I've got to reproduce that fruit, reproduce that fruit. And he said, no, just stay connected to me. See, a life that is rooted in Christ, number one, bears fruit. And that leads us to the second point. Number two, a life rooted in Christ will withstand storms. Because just like your tree's going to get shaken sometimes and you got to be able to hold on to those fruit and you can only do that with God, we got to recognize well, what causes the shaking. Well, it's the storms in life. You and I face different storms. And sometimes the storms that we face are going to be really, really, really big to where there's those of you in this room, you've gone through storms where you weren't worried about trying to keep fruit and trying to be peaceful and kind. What you were concerned about is, am I going to make it through this? Am I, like, I'm not trying to hold on to anything anymore. I just don't want to fall over. I don't want to, I don't want to collapse. And Jesus is saying, if, if you have a life that's connected to me, you, you're going to be able to withstand storms. And see, there's a verse that we talk about that Jesus says, and we talk about it a lot at our church here, and that's that in, in John 16, he says, in this world you will have trouble. This is Jesus' words. In this world you will have trouble. And we talk about this verse a lot because it's so important for you and I to remember that just because you have a relationship with Jesus doesn't mean you're, gonna, you're not going to go through difficulty anymore. I've seen so many people that, that, that get so frustrated in their faith and, and are so confused because we start a relationship with God and we think everything's going to be fine and then we go through a difficulty and that's where the enemy will come in and start lying to you and say, see, I, I told you this wasn't real. See, I told you you were struggling. See, you probably don't even really have a relationship with God. And the enemy starts to lie to you based on the deception of us thinking and making an assumption in our own minds that just because we started a relationship with God, we're not going to have trouble anymore. That's why Jesus, who loves us so much, makes it clear. He's like, guys, understand, you're going to go through storms. You're going to go through difficulties, but take heart, I'll overcome it. 
We're going to make it through the storm. It's not that there won't be a storm. We're going to make it through it. I remember when my oldest daughter, Rachel, was about 18 months old. She's 14 now, so this was a long time ago. But when she was about 18 months old, uh, we were in this little house. And I remember we had a really loud thunderstorm that came through our neighborhood. I mean, different than the storms we normally have here. Um, it was loud. There was lightning flashing, thunder just rumbling. The wind was blowing so hard, the windows were shaking. And I remember she was in bed, and she just started screaming. So I went into the room and I picked her up and I held her and I, I just started rocking her in the chair that was in her room and, and, and holding her there. And she's screaming. I was start whispering in her ear, Rachel, you're going to be fine. We're going to make it. I got you, girl. I love you. Daddy's got you. We're going to make it. You're going to be fine. And I was whispering in her ear. Now the truth is, from her perspective, all she could see was the storm. From her perspective, all she knew is that there was flashes of light and there was noise and there was wind and it was scary. Her situation looked terrifying. Now, that's different than my perspective on the situation. Because on my perspective, I was holding her there and this was an opportunity for me to console my daughter and to, to carry her. Though she was scared, I was able to carry her there. See, this was a precious moment for me as a dad. Now, what if we were to fast forward sometime into her, her adult life and she were to go to counseling or see a therapist at some point and be like, can you believe when I was a child that, that my dad let me go through a storm? Can you believe when I was a little girl that he didn't stop the wind and he didn't stop the rain and he didn't stop the thunder? Can you, like, I am traumatized because of my dad. Could you believe that? Like, no, I would be heartbroken over that because... We went through a storm, and though it must have been terrifying for her in the moment, what it was is an opportunity for me to hold her and console her and show her that Daddy's got her, and I'll carry her through whatever scary thing we face. Brothers and sisters, don't you know that your Heavenly Father wants to carry you through the storms that you face? And sometimes when our perspective gets messed up and all we can see is the wind and the waves, all we can see is how scary it looks and like, I can't believe the doctor gave that diagnosis and, and I can't believe she actually did serve the papers. When all we can see is the terrifying storm before us, our Heavenly Father is holding us and he's saying, listen, don't, don't you see I've got you and we're going to make it through this. Yeah, it might be scary right now, but, but we're going to make it. it. It might hurt a little bit, but we're going to make it through this. Your father so delights in holding you through the storm. You say, wait a minute, Pastor, are you saying that, that God just sends me through storms because he delights in me going through it? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that Jesus already told us that it's in this world, in this fallen, broken, sinful world, you and I are going to go through difficult times. And he's saying, but take heart, I've overcome the world. If you stay rooted in me, I'm, I'm going to help you withstand the storm. We're going to make it through. In this whole parallel of being rooted, it's like the more a tree grows its roots deep down into the soil, the more it can withstand the wind. It withstand all the different stuff that comes against it. See, we've we got we to grow our roots deep down into our relationship with Jesus. In the same parallel, like what do roots do? They, they draw nourishment from the soil. So what, what are we talking about having our roots grow deep into Jesus? We're talking about having our nourishment, our strength come and draw from Jesus. It comes to a relationship with him. So Jesus says it this way. He makes a, a, a parallel to this. Um, he says this teaching right here in Matthew chapter 7. This is him talking. He says, 
Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them to practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them to practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. So again, Jesus is showing us here that this same principle that if you and I are rooted into a relationship with him, if the foundation of our life is based on his teachings and and being in close relationship with him, then you and I are going to make it through some difficult things that the rest of the world isn't going to make it through. And in fact, there are many of you in this room that, that could explain this, that you've been through something difficult, and when you make it through, the people around you, they get freaked out. How, how did you get through that? How, how did that not just crush you? How, how did you get through that divorce and not drink yourself under the table? How did you get through that diagnosis and not lose your mind? I mean, how did you make it through this? The world around you will look at some of the storms you go through and they'll I need answers. Because what you just did there doesn't make sense. What you just did there crushes other people and yet somehow you're still standing. And Jesus is saying it's because you have to have a foundation on me. In a very small illustration, small way to look at this, Amelie and I uh, very recently kind of went through a storm uh, w- with some business things that were going on. And we were in a, uh, a business transaction that was taking place with some people in our city. And, um, and I remember that the whole thing looked like it started falling apart. Uh, there was just some different decisions that were made where the whole thing looked like it was falling apart. And the people that were involved in this transaction absolutely lost their minds. They freaked out. They're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, like we had all this planning into it. We didn't think this was going to fall through. I can't believe it's going to fall through. And Amelie and I just had this complete peace. We were just like, you know what, God's got this. We're going to be all right. We're fine. And, and I remember I was in a meeting not related to it at all, another meeting with some other people, and I saw my phone just ringing over and over and over and over and over again. And, and the number that kept popping up was people that were freaking out about this storm that we were going through. And I remember I, I got out of the meeting, we finally called them back, and, and they're like, you, you, you got to know what's going on here, like this storm's getting really bad, we don't, we don't know what's going to happen with it. And we finally told her, like, listen. We're going to be all right. And so how are we going to be all right? And I said, because Jesus has got us. We're going to be okay. And I remember she said, that doesn't make any sense to me. We're, no, no, we're going to be all right. We're going to get to the other side of the shoes. You have more to lose than anyone in this transaction. And like, we're going to be all right. And sure enough, the wind stopped. All the struggles went by, a couple weeks went by, the transaction went through, and the people that were involved turned to us and said, uh, how, how did you stay so calm in all this? And we're like, we just understand that God's in control. He's got this. And you're saying, Dan, are you up there patting yourself on the back that you guys, no, that, that's not what I'm doing at all. I'm just trying to make it real clear that when you and I go through storms and our trust is not in what the world's got going on around us, but our trust is on the fact that we have our foundation set in a relationship with Jesus Christ, then nothing else matters and we're going to be okay. And when you do that, everyone else starts going, I want what you have. Because I don't want to face the next thing and freak out like I continue to freak out. I don't want to lose sleep at night. I don't want to be anxious. I don't want to worry. I want what you have. 
And don't you know when you and I allow our lives to be rooted into Jesus and we trust him and, and put his, the foundation of our lives on him and his teachings, we remain faithful to his teachings when we, when we do that, our lives can be a wonderful testimony to the people around us. What's interesting about this is this teaching Jesus just said, he's, he says, if you remain faithful to my teachings, like if we list, do it, we hear what he says and we do that, that's like building our house on the rock. See, it, 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 what is this talking about? Jesus is saying, you have to be obedient to me. The way you build your life on a relationship with me is by allowing me to be the Lord and the God of your life, the master of your life. So, so that means that you do life my way, and that's the foundation that's going to help you stand firm. Because how can I expect God to be my source of strength if I won't also expect him to be the source of my standards? How can I expect God to, to give me the strength and the peace that I need if I won't put to practice the very things he says? Because we could go to him and we could have this backwards and say, God, I want you to rescue my kids. God, I want my kids to stop freaking out, but I don't know if I actually want to get them to church every week. God, I, I really want you to fix my marriage. I want you to fix my wife, but I don't know if I actually want to treat her the way that you tell me to. Right, like it's confusing. We're like, because some of the things God asks us to do, it can be scary. It can be uncomfortable. It's like the guy that that fell off a cliff and he caught a branch as he was falling. And he was hanging there. He goes, "I need help. Someone help me! Help me! Help me!" And he heard a voice call from below him, "Just let go and I'll catch you." And the man hangs, looks down. Who is this? He says, "This is God. Just let go and I'll catch you." And he's hanging there. Is there anyone else there? <laughs> like sometimes what God asks us to do, it seems uncomfortable, it seems strange, it seems a little bit scary, and, and that's why we, we don't allow God to always be the source of our standards. Because we think, like, yeah, God, I want you to bless my finances, and he says, then handle my finances the way I created you to handle them. And he goes, is there anyone else there? I don't want to do it that way. And see, this is where it comes to recognizing that a life rooted into Jesus is, is about following him. It's about being obedient to him. And when we're rooted into him, no, number one, we can bear fruit in the midst of a storm. Number two, we can withstand any storm. And then number three, before we leave today, as a life rooted in Christ ensures eternity. It ensures the fact that you can have an eternal relationship with God. A home forever in heaven. And we talk about this so much here because this is the most important thing that you and I will ever face. is knowing whether or not we have a relationship with God. Knowing whether or not we are going to have a home forever in heaven when we die. And I bring it up because I'll tell you, we do, we do a lot of funerals here. And over the years, I can tell you, there's been so many times I've spoken to people and, and I'll ask the question at a funeral or something, I'll say, all right, was your loved one saved? Did your loved one have a relationship with Jesus? Are they in heaven right now? And, and, and there's been times, and I hope that this is not true for any person in this room, but there's been times when people say, well, I don't know, Jim was a good guy. He was kind of nice. He didn't cuss that much. He went to church on some weekends. And the family's completely left in limbo going, I don't know, maybe he lived a good life. When Jesus, all throughout Scripture, God from the beginning of the Bible to today speaks into us and shows us that it's not about living a good life. 
It's not about checking off church attendance and if, you, if your good outweighs the bad. That's all life from the enemy. God shows us over and over again. None of us can hit the mark on our own. We've all missed the mark. We all need a Savior, and Jesus is the only Savior. So he's saying you, you root into a relationship with Jesus by asking him, God, I need a Savior. I need forgiveness. Forgive me of my sins. And that's what ensures your eternity. Not if you've maybe lived good enough, not, not any of that, not if you went to church enough. It's I have a relationship with the Son of God. I've gone to many different funerals as well that the opposite is true where I'll say, do you know if your loved one is in heaven right now? And they're like, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Susie loved Jesus. She, she was forgiven. Man, she, she made some mistakes. She did some stupid things. But that woman was forgiven, and she knows it because she had a relationship with Jesus. See, your walk with God is not about being good, it's about being forgiven. The way you're rooted into God is not about being good, it's about being forgiven. So I want to give an opportunity right now before we leave for any person in this room who has never asked Jesus to forgive us of our sins, to ensure that home forever in heaven, I want us to just pray together right now and acknowledge that we need him. So with no one looking around right now with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, the Bible tells us, Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us have missed the mark. The Bible tells us that the wages of that sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And then we know this. We know that if you believe in your heart that God was raised from the dead and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So I want to ask every person in this room to pray this prayer with me before we go. And this gives you an opportunity, if you've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, to to start that relationship with him right now. So Heavenly Father, we ask for your help right now. And in Jesus' name, I admit that I'm a sinner. Jesus, I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. So please forgive me of my sins. Give me a home forever in heaven. And allow me to root my life into you. Be the Lord and the Savior of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, guys, I want to pray for you real quick before we go. But if you prayed that prayer for the first time, tell one of your loved ones, tell one of your friends and family that that you asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Let me pray for you before you go. God, we love you. We thank you for every person in here. We thank you for your, your love for us being so big that you will help us no matter what we face in life. So, God, help us to be rooted into you. That, God, we would bear fruit, that we would withstand the storms, and that, God, we would leave here knowing without a doubt that we have an eternal relationship with you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love you, church. Have a wonderful week. See you next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord and that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. God, I thank you for that. 
I ask you now to be my Savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this, in your precious Son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer at all, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or by email at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week.